Hey friends, welcome to the Highland Church Podcast. We believe that you were made for God's mission. We encourage you to check out our website, highlandcc.org, where you can learn more about what you are called to in Christ Jesus. Let's hear a message today that we hope will challenge, encourage you, and ultimately help you to grow and identify your purpose in the plan of God. Hey everybody. Hey, we're going to be in Mark chapter 10 today. We're going, we're going back just a few verses to pick up one story at the end of Mark 10. So if you have your Bible and you want to get open your Bible, you can to, to the end of Mark 10. That's where we'll be today. If you're joining us online, I am really thankful that you're with us. If you're here on site, thank you for joining us for worship today. We're going to, this is the last sermon in our series, The Good News, Okay. Uh, I realize we are not finished with Mark, and we're going to try to finish Mark before the end of the year, but we're going to kind of change the title and the focus of the series to because, sorry, starting in Mark 11, Jesus begins the last week of his life. He is beginning in Mark 11 to the end of Mark 16 on the way to the cross, okay? And so our title for the next, for the remainder of this series is going to be On the Way, on the way. So if you've got a friend, you want to invite them. We are going to be focusing in on this last week of Jesus' life. I hope that you'll invite them this next week, this coming week. Also, every week, I'm going to take a drink of this water and then put it down so I'm not just awkwardly holding it. Every week, right at the end of service on our social media, we have scheduled discussion questions. Okay, so those get posted right as service ends. And so if you want to go deeper, whether that's with your family or friends over lunch, or with a small group, you can do that, okay? Those get posted right at the end of service. They're also on the screen as we walk out of here. So if you wanna talk and and go deeper and put into practice what we talk about here on Sunday morning, you can do that, okay? And then lastly, before we jump into this, this wonderful story out of Mark 10, I'll just say I have preached about this story before, but what stuck out to me this time was different And it's because of what I truly believe God's Spirit is calling this church to right now. I believe God's Spirit is calling this church to many things. This is one of the most significant. And so as I read this passage in this moment, as our leaders are attempting to be attentive to God's direction, um, something I hadn't seen before really stuck out to me. And I want to try to ground what it is God's calling this Highland Church to in God's word right here in Mark 10. So let's pick it up, Mark 10, starting in verse 46. <clears throat> Jesus and his followers came into Jericho. And as Jesus was leaving Jericho together with his disciples and a sizable crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, <clears throat> Timaeus's son, was sitting beside the road. And when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Show me mercy. Many scolded him, telling him to be quiet, but he shouted even louder, son of David, show me mercy. Jesus stopped and he said, call him forward. And they called the blind man, be encouraged, get up. He's calling you. Throwing his coat to the side, he jumped up and came to Jesus, and Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, teacher, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, your faith has healed you. 
And at once he was able to see, and he began to follow Jesus on the way. A couple months ago, the Highland Church hosted our first ever special needs VBS. And I am convinced still that it is one of the best things this church has ever been a part of. And we had about 100 volunteers, over 100, sorry, volunteers from this church serving about 50 of our friends, both from this church and from our community, 50 of those friends of ours who have special needs. It was one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of. I'm going to tell you a couple stories this morning from special needs VBS. The first was of of this young man who was uh, what we call prone to elope, which does not mean he's a hopeless romantic, just can't help but get married. Um, what it means is he likes to run, okay? And so we knew that coming in. His parents had let us know about this. And so he was partnered with two of our senior boys. And I am so proud of our teenagers who participate in special needs VBS. I want to celebrate them. They were awesome. They were awesome. 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 I tell you, in part, this grew out of uh, the, the COVID pandemic and our inability to travel to some other places. And our, our teenagers usually do short-term mission trips, stepped up huge for special needs VBS. So our friend who was prone to elope was partnered with two senior boys. And so they would sit on either side of him, okay? And um, just to give you an indicator of how prone to elope he was, the first thing he would do every time he came in, every evening, was he would take off his shoes and socks. And just leave him over to the side so that he'd be more agile and ready to run, okay? And so those two senior boys would position themselves on either side of him, wherever they were in the room, sitting down. And he'd sit there and act calm for a second. And then he would look up at them with this mischievous grin. And he would jump over the chairs in front of him and roll down over the floor and then sprint off, okay? And you would hear this chorus throughout the whole whole life center. We got a runner. We got a runner, right? (laughs) We didn't have microphones or walkie-talkies. I don't know what that was. (laughs) We got a runner. And uh, those two senior boys would chase him down. They would laugh. They would catch up to him. And once they caught him, he would laugh. And one time he made this tactical error. Uh, he sat in front of Kim Clemens. And uh, some of y'all probably know sweet Kim Clemens, Buster's wife. They've got three boys. They raised three boys. And I don't think he knew that. And so he's sitting right in front of Kim. And I'm, I'm not kidding, okay? He, he makes his grin. He jumps up and starts to run. And sweet little Kim Clemens looked like a linebacker. Like all of a sudden, she was up like this. Ah. <laughs> uh, Love you, Kim. And uh, he sat back down. He sat back down. You know, here is, here is the great thing about special needs VBS. We expected to be disrupted. Right. We expected it. Whether it was from a kid getting up and running or something else. We expected to be disrupted. And it was so fun. Right? So fun. Here's the thing, not everybody likes to be disrupted. And you'll notice that in this story, you have a man, Bartimaeus, who has a special need, right? His is blindness, it's a physical impairment. There's no indication he's got an intellectual special need. 
But his special need is causing him to apparently miss some social cues. This is not a moment, apparently, when it's okay for you to holler out at Jesus, to cry out to Jesus because you need him. Apparently, this is the moment when we're all quietly following along. And he's missing that cue. And so what you see in this story is that apparently some of those Jesus people, some of the people around Jesus are bothered by Bartimaeus' disruption. And they scold him. They scold him, we're told. I spent a lot of time during special needs VBS in, in our parent hospitality room which was a room that the parents could go and decompress, get some snacks. We had um, massages were given in that room one night. It was awesome. I didn't get one. I wanted one. And so you could, you could go in there and just decompress. And I'll tell you, I talked to a couple parents. And they have a son who has autism. And they told me, their parents from this community, not at Highland, that they had visited churches near and far. And they went there because they wanted Jesus for their boy, but the problem was that church is a place of social cues. You know, from from handshakes to side hugs to times to be quiet, times to sing, times to bow your head. And they said, every time our son missed one of those social cues, no one was ugly to us, no one said anything, we just felt like we were disruptions. We just felt this atmosphere had been disrupted, and we never stayed anywhere, never stayed. All they want is Jesus for their boy. You know, they want the mercy that only Jesus can provide their son, and they feel like disruptions. And I mean, look again at this, this story of Bartimaeus. Who is not disrupted? Jesus. But there are some Jesus people, some people around Jesus who are, who are disrupted by him, by Bartimaeus, who scold him because he's missing these social cues and he's crying out to Jesus. And this isn't the time for that. There are some Jesus people who are easily disrupted. But here's what I love. Not everyone. Not everyone. I talked to one of the moms, one of those two senior boys after special needs VBS, and I told her how how awesome it was to see her son just taking care and loving this young man like he did. Every time he'd run, he'd chase him down, and they would just laugh. He kept, the boy kept knocking off his hat, the senior's hat. He would just knock it off, and he'd put it back on, and I just... I commented on how impressed I was. And she said, yeah, you know, I, I asked him about it. I said, you know, like, you're, 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 you know, like, doing a lot these, these three nights. Are you, I mean, are you worn out by it? Is this, this kind of getting on your nerves? And he said, no, Mom. I've loved every second of it, he said. I have loved every second of it. How different in this Bartimaeus story are those who are disrupted by him And those whom Jesus sends to give him that message, be encouraged. Get up. He is calling you. How different are those two in this story? 
Uh, one of the things that I've noticed about this story, the more, the more time I've spent with this story, is, is Bartimaeus' location. Do you notice where he is? He's beside the road, we're told. This is the main road going from Jericho to Jerusalem. It's a busy road. And you've got to ask yourself how he gets to the road because, after all, he's blind. And so someone, presumably Timaeus, his father, who we're told about, somebody has helped him get to the road, but then that person is gone. They're not in the story. He's there alone. Why, why do you sit beside a road? I mean, think about that. You've, you've driven through Memphis, you're at Ridgeway and Poplar. And who do you see? People on the side of the road. And so the reason that you position yourself on the side of the road is desperation. The reason you position yourself on the side of the road is because you want help. But before anybody can help you, before anybody can meet your desperation, what do they have to do? They've got to look at you. They've got to see you. And this is what I want you to notice about Bartimaeus. This is, and this is gutting to me, actually. Bartimaeus has apparently been sitting by the roadside hoping to be seen for so long and has been overlooked, has gone unseen for so long that he thinks it would be merciful for someone to see him. Now, do you, you know what mercy is? Quick reminder, grace is if I receive a gift I did not deserve. Mercy is if I don't receive the punishment I do deserve. He has been conditioned by being unseen for so long that he has come to believe that is the punishment he deserves. He deserves to be unseen. And so if someone would actually see him and help him, it wouldn't be a grace, it wouldn't be a gift, it would be a mercy, not receiving the punishment that he deserves. Think about that. Son of David, have mercy on me, he says. Uh, during the pandemic, we had most of our staff elder meetings on Zoom. How many of you have had some Zoom meetings last 18 months or so. I think in the history books, when they go back and they write the, the section on the pandemic years, the title is going to be the pandemic years, and the subtitle is going to be, hey, Bob, you're still on mute. <laughs> nope, still muted. Still can't hear you, right? And uh, so we had all of our, our leadership meetings on Zoom. And um, I'll tell you, most of those meetings, they were, they were rich and important. We were talking about, you know, a church in a pandemic, really important conversations. I don't remember, don't remember all of them. I'll tell you one I have not forgotten. And I suspect that nobody who was on that call that day has forgotten. Hannah Thrasher, who's one of our youth ministers, had recently gone to a conference on youth ministry where she presented about youth ministry to those with special needs. And she was helped by a family here at Highland who we love a lot, the Mooneyham family. And they shared their story on video. Russ put together a video of them. It was incredible. And so uh, we asked Hannah to come back from that conference and to present what she had shared at that conference on youth ministry to our leadership team. And so she did. And she shared the Mooneyhams video. And then she began to talk about how those 
with special needs or those with a child with special needs, someone they are raising with special needs, that they either feel like disruptions to the body of Christ or they feel unseen by the body of Christ. That the middle ground is that hard place for us to occupy, that either they're disrupting everything and so they feel uncomfortable in the presence of the church or the church just kind of doesn't know what to do with their unique or special need. And so they just kind of look away. They don't, it's, not, it's not intentionally ugly, but they just don't know what to do. And so they feel unseen. So Hannah's sharing this with us, and then she begins to talk about how and why the church must be the people in this world who see the ones everyone else overlooks. Like if the church does nothing else, may the church see the people that Jesus sees. And I'll tell you, it was a holy moment on a Zoom call, and there's not a lot of those. Amen. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop, and it's not because all of our elders were on mute. Some of them still don't know how to work that button. <laughs> it was a holy moment. I think it was Jeff Rizel, one of our shepherds, who, sensing the holiness of that moment, said, guys, I think we need to pray about this. I feel like God is leading us right now. And so we did pray about it. I'll tell you, that was one in a long series of prayers that our elders have been praying about this, that our staff has been praying about this. Over the last few years, we have felt increasingly called to ministry to those with special needs. This is not something we have always done well, but it's something that we're feeling God calling us towards more and more. Um, so a few years ago, we hired Nicole Curlin. Nicole is a special needs educator. She's helping to oversee our special needs ministry here. She's doing a tremendous job. She has a buddy system set up where if a child with special needs comes and wants to attend class, they'll be assigned a buddy. And so many of you have volunteered to be part of that. One of the things that we're hoping to start is a worship time. What we currently have are class options. What we're hoping to start is a worship time that is for those with special needs, Okay. And so if you would like to help with that, we're going to throw up a QR code here on the screen, and you can take a picture of that QR code, and you can sign up to help us with that. One of the things we're also hoping to do, and if you go to the same link, you can sign up for this, is we, we plan to host a parent night out in early October for parents of those with special needs. And so this is something that Highland actually did in our distant past, and so we are, we are resurrecting something that we have not done for a time. It'll feel similar to our special needs VBS, and so if you want to volunteer to help with this, I hope that you'll sign up there on that link as well. And one of, one of the things I'll say is that because some in this population have some special vulnerabilities, we're going to have to take COVID protocols really seriously to do this safely. And so know that coming in, but I would love for you to help us with this. I'll tell you, that's not, that's not all that we're doing. A couple of years ago, we started to participate in the Tim Tebow Night to Shine event, which is like a prom event for those with special needs. We had it this February, a drive-through in our parking lot because of COVID-19, and so many of you showed up and cheered on those who were driving through, these young people who for so, so many years in their lives have been overlooked, who were really seen in that moment. Remember that? You remember that? 
And then we hosted our special needs VBS. And then also one last thing I'll tell you is that you gave so generously to our outreach contribution a few months ago that our elders decided to set aside $20,000 as an endowment to do more for those with special needs, okay? So now we have funds set aside specifically in addition to our weekly giving that you make possible through Nicole and her resources. We now have a fund set aside to help us do more for those with special needs. When we deplete that, we're going to add more to it. Okay. Here's why. Because there are those who are disrupted. And then there are those who go to someone like Bartimaeus and say, be encouraged, get up. He's calling you, right? And that's who we want to be. I'll tell you uh, one last story from Special Needs VBS. We got, a, we got a, a young boy who goes to this church who was a participant in Special Needs VBS, and um, he was a dancing maniac. I mean, you should have seen him at this thing. We had this tunnel right back here in the Life Center, so as each participant would walk in the back doors, they would come through a tunnel of people cheering for them and shouting and how glad they were that they were there. And every time he'd come through that tunnel, he would just dance through the tunnel, right? And uh, he would just he'd get up on stage and dance. He was dancing the whole time. And uh, I was told that on the last night of EBS, he got in the car, his mama picked him up, and he slouched back, back in the back seat, and he said, Mom, my church loves me so much. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <clears throat> and at once he was able to see, and he began to follow Jesus on the way. Now, a few years ago, I preached on special needs, and we're going to talk about this from time to time. It's important. A few years ago, I preached on special needs, and you may remember what we talked about was an illusion that we believe very often. And the illusion is that what it means to be human is to grow from a state of dependence as a child to increasing independence as I grow. And so for some of those with special needs, that will not be their story's arc, their story's trajectory. It's one of the things that challenges us as those who want to see and love those with special needs. But you may remember, okay, what we talked about is that that is an illusion that as humans we grow from dependence to independence. The reality is that we are all totally dependent dependent on the Father. And so we can only believe the illusion that we're independent when everything's going fine, but then some moment happens, something happens in our life that makes it very clear to us that we have a need, a need that is special or unique to us. And in that moment, okay, what we want more than anything is to know that Jesus sees my need. And in that, we are all Bartimaeus in this story. This is all of us. I'll tell you, this has been true of me. It's true of the people that I serve and talk to on a weekly basis. I'll tell you, I was talking to a woman a few weeks ago who's dealt with just a series of difficulties in her life. And what she said to me in the conversation is, Eric, why does it have to be so hard? She's got a need. I'll tell you, when the pandemic started, uh, one of my, my longest-running spiritual disciplines, and I've shared this before in a sermon, I'm going to share it again. I think it's 
important because it's connected to our text. One of my longest running spiritual disciplines became more important to me than it probably has any other time in my life. And, and the discipline is the Jesus prayer. I've talked about this. It's a simple prayer. When I breathe in, I breathe in, Lord Jesus Christ. When I breathe out, I breathe out, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. What I want to point out, a couple things about this prayer, is that aside from the Lord's Prayer, which Jesus teaches us to pray, this is probably the oldest prayer that we have in the Christian tradition. It spans all traditions, all denominations, all faith backgrounds in the church. This prayer shows up throughout the church's history. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. Let me make one point about that. One of the most significant prayers in the history of Christianity is given to us by a man with special needs. This is the passage it comes from. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. I'll tell you that prayer became really important for me during the pandemic because especially when we were homebound, that I was feeling this, this burden of helping to lead a church through a pandemic. And I did not get a class on this in grad school. And as hard as I looked every morning, early in the morning, um, I could not find a playbook for how to lead a church through a pandemic. I'm so thankful I had such tremendous elders and staff alongside me helping me with that. But I'll tell you, every morning I had to get up really early because I had three kids and once they woke up, Lord have mercy on me, right? <laughs> and so I would get up early. It was still dark. And I remember so many mornings making that coffee, carrying it to the table, sitting down, just thinking, I don't know if I have this in me. Like, God, I know that you care about your church with a capital C, and the church with a capital C, the global church is going to be fine. A pandemic is not going to bring it down. We've survived much harder than this, God. I know you care about your church with a capital C, but I need to know you care about this church with a lowercase c. I need to know you care about me and that you see me. It's not enough in those moments, right? for God to care about the world in abstraction. I need to know God cares about me and that he sees my need, my unique or special need. Every morning I'd pray, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me. And I suspect that there are some of you in here that feel that way. God, Jesus, do you see me? Do you see the ache inside of me left there by this person that I have lost and I miss? Do you see this problem at work, this coworker? Do you see that, God? Do you know about that? Do you know about this desire that I have had to have a child and I can't have one? Do you know about that? You know about the difficulties my kid is dealing with at school, God? Are you aware of that? Do you know about this, it's just the challenge of caring for aging parents? Like, God, do you know about me and what I'm doing every night after work over at their house? God, do you know about what it's like to be a grandparent trying to intercede for your grandchildren? God, do you see how hard this is? Do you see me? God, do you know about this sin or this addiction that is absolutely destroying my life? Do you see that? Do you see me? And the answer is, be encouraged. 
get up. He's calling you. Amen.